You know what really makes us mad is wasting money on CDs with only one or two good songs. Yeah. Talk about punk. Hey everybody! <laughs> Welcome to real antagonistic with it. <laughs> Welcome to Punk Lotto Pod, you bunch of dorks. <laughs> uh, I am your co-host Justin Hensley. Oh, we're actually introing it like this. Oh, why not? <laughs> Take risks. <laughs> I am your other co-host Dylan Hensley. You <laughs> jabronis. <laughs> Uh, it's hard to think of insults that aren't, like, actually offensive now. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say something mean, but I didn't want to say anything gendered. <laughs> yeah. Or... Or pr- ableist. <laughs> Dorks and nerds and... Chick- <laughs> What's up, posers? <laughs> I mean, asshole's always good. Yeah. Piece of shit. <laughs> There's not enough low-grade ones, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, because you can't call everybody like an asshole. Like, that's that's a little too extreme for some situations. <laughs> you turd. <laughs> you f and j's. <laughs> we got off track already. Uh, this is the game where, using a number generator and the rate your music punk charts, we pick one album and one EP at random to discuss. Uh, last night we started to finalize our fest plans by booking our hotel room. Yep. We made plans without our fourth person in our group. <laughs> he voted yes in absentia. Yeah. So we were just like, we're paying now to get that sweet deal. Yep. It was a sweet deal. It was crazy. This hotel we were staying, we stayed at it last year and it was decent price. I mean, it wasn't anything super cheap, but it wasn't crazy expensive either. And... But this year, like for the longest time, the root like the rates for that weekend were insanely high. They were like hundred and thirty five dollars a night. And I was like, that's insane. But then I checked it last night and it was sixty one dollars a night for what was it? Uh for like uh twin beds. So two twin beds. But it was like that's a way, way, way better deal. And it's cheaper than most of the other places around there. So if you haven't booked your hotel room yet, Google it. I'm not telling you where we're staying. <laughs> That'd be a little weird. Come fight me. Well, you don't want to blow up our spot, too. True, true. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want all the festers to come in and ruin it. And I guess we haven't really talked about the fest announcement since the last time we recorded. Uh, the last round of announcements went out, and they're down to, what, the last 300 tickets? Which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, they're only selling 3,000 tickets this year, and I know Rocky's Piano Bar is closing, and I'm wondering if they're losing another venue as well, and maybe that's why they're not selling as many tickets. Hmm. Because Rocky's doesn't hold 500 people. Rocky's is pretty big, though. So they're... Yeah. Because they always use it for the com- for the comedy. 
Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. Because they put the chairs out. And I'm, I wonder where they're going to do that. Yeah. I always liked Rockies because it was like the most air conditioned out of all the venues. <laughs> best. Yeah. It's the best feeling. Yeah. And the comedy shows had the chairs and it was nice. So, yeah, I don't know what, what they're going to do as far as. I wonder if it'll be at that weird out that weird CBD oil shop that they had the other comedy no, show at. No, that's not big enough. True, and it's also outside. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, uh, what else is there? Unless they find something new to use. Yeah, I mean, there's always a possibility there's some some other smaller, medium-sized place that isn't isn't being, hasn't been used. Or they might, I don't know. Like I'm trying to like think what of is what, what other venues Main they Street have Main Street Cellar, was that thing called? Market Street? What's the one beside Lucy's that they only use as a venue, like, occasionally? I think it's called, like, Market Street or something like that. I guess they could use Mother's Pub for the stand-up. That's not a very big room either, though. Oh. Maybe yeah. somebody new will come in and open up a, the exact same thing in Rockies. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Or just another bar. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the second, I guess it's the second wave of bands that was announced, which would be the last wave of bands. Cause the next wave is comedians and wrestlers, which I think are announced separately. Yeah. 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 That's, um, um uh, it's a interesting announcement. Yeah. Like, uh, against me is playing four albums front to back across two nights, which is wild. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's necessary, but. Yeah, I mean, against me is a big deal at Fest, I guess, but it just means I don't have to go to Bo Diddley. Yeah, I mean, there's for, that. For three to four hours. It, it <laughs> makes me wonder, though, because some of those, because you said the talk, the mid card is really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to um, borrow a wrestling term. Is really light this year, and the, the top is really stacked. I mean, yeah. Because look at Jawbreaker, Jawbox. Dag nasty, like uh, stiff little fingers, <laughs> which is insane. A stiff yeah. little fingers is playing. It, are they like the only seventy-seven punk band to ever play Fest? They might be. That's insane, and they're one of my favorites from that era. I love stiff little fingers. Is this the new Green Day? <laughs> um, yeah. It's, oh, it's the oh, it's the fortieth anniversary yeah, of Inflammable Material, and they're playing in its entirety. Why did I not see this before? Yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> Holy um, shit! What are the other? Yeah, we've got like, um, I mean, the Bronx. That's kind of a big deal. I don't really like the Bronx that much, but I do like Mariachi El Bronx, so I'll probably go watch that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I'm see a mariachi band. So stoked for American Steel! Yes, I saw them one year at Fest. I want to say it was maybe like Fest nine, eight or nine. It was the it was like the year after their last album came out. So. So, like, I'm wondering, like, but I'm wondering about the way the the headlining slots will break down because I'm assuming Against Me is playing last two of the nights. If they're playing two so. albums in one set. And Jawbreaker's probably closing the other night. Right. So it'll be Jawbreaker against me against me or against me Jawbreaker against me or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that means that, like, is Less Than Jake going to play 45 minutes before an Against Me set? Is Jawbox playing right before Jawbreaker? I mean, <laughs> Stiff Little Fingers is playing a whole album. They're going to need, you know, a decent set time. 
Well, there's a for the Bo Diddley stages. Most of those sets are like forty five minutes to an hour. Some of them are an hour and a half. Like the bigger acts are. I wonder how much. I'm trying to remember how long Jawbreaker played when I saw them. They play. They played about an hour and a half when I saw them. Yeah. Yeah. I just um, hope, like I hope we get a real good long Jawbox set. You know. Yeah, I mean it'll be as long as Jawbox wants to play. I guess. Um, I just hope they don't stick them in eight seconds. That's my biggest fear. Yeah, that'd be horrible. The line to get in because mm-hmm. you know people it's gonna take forever just to get through the line because the the shitty cowboy bouncers yeah. that take forever to ID and tag everyone. Yeah. It'll be you'll have to <laughs> you'll have to go ahead and get a wristband yeah, earlier in the night and then that way you can skip the line. That way you don't have to show your ID. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I hope they're not in there. I mean, I would imagine Jawbox is... I imagine all the names you see on that... The top of that flyer are going to all be at Bo Diddley. Well, okay, let's do it. Let's do something real quick. This is Fest 18, right? Um, what was Fest 17's flyer? And we'll look at the... Uh, who was on the top there and where they played. So, Lagwagon, Cursive, Pieball, Dead to Me, Mets, Timberry, and Radioactivity. Out of all of those... Radioactivity played in eight seconds. Yeah. Did Mets too? I think so. Second row, Iron Sheik, Reviver. They played Bo Diddley. Roswell Kid played Bo Diddley. Lemuria played Bo Diddley. No, or did Lemuria play eight seconds? I don't know. Mm. I don't remember. I really feel like there's a possibility that Jawbox is going to be in eight seconds, and that's going <laughs> to suck. Because yeah, I good. bet they'll put them in eight seconds with like Iron with Reagan. Dag Nasty. Dag Nasty. <laughs> Dag, yeah. They'll put It'll heavier be like, bands in there. They love to put heavy bands in there, which is insane because heavy bands sound like shit in there. <sighs> yeah, just I a, don't know. Just a room full of breaking glass. Mm-hmm. The only way you can get any decent sound is to get really close, and that crowd sucks in there. Yeah. yeah uh, anybody? Does. Anybody else playing in the smaller print there that looks exciting? I mean, Casket Lottery able. able ugh. Casket Lottery and Abel Baker Fox is that's pretty wild. Um, yeah, there was one real weird one. Uh, the Huntingtons are playing. Oh yeah, it's so weird. That's, yeah, that is very weird. Those Ben Weasel defending Christian Republicans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest, though, I will go watch them. I don't know. Depends if if there's a conflict. Like I'm not gonna go see the Huntingtons over. Well, not over Jawbox or. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, even like Big Nothing or something, you know? <laughs> no, I'm going to go see him. I loved those Ramones records. I think that's what they are. Um, I loved a bunch of those Huntington's records. I listened to them for very extensively for all, all, in my early 20s. So I, I'm going to see them. I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> I don't know why you're going to go see them. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I saw someone else in the Fest Friends group said i can't believe i'm gonna throw out my convictions just to see the huntingtons so (laughs) i was like yeah me too i don't know i'm looking at this list and there are so many bands that i would rather watch (laughs) like i'm not gonna choose the huntingtons over graf orlock or probably not oh yeah graf orlock are playing fest and i feel like it's an afterthought yeah i know (laughs) you know they're gonna be playing the atlantic yeah because they love to do that too. 
Yeah, who else is on here? That's it's like they buried some names. Like the heat taper playing. That's <laughs> does anyone remember when the heat tape was a thing? No. Uh it was a dear landlord uh spin-off band. It was kinda like a lo fi garage rock sort of thing. Um it's uh Brett from Dear Landlord. <laughs> uh as far as I know, they've never played Fest. It's this is kind of a real rare performance too. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy. Who else is in there? That's there's a lot of the same people. Well, I mean it's Fest. True, true. <laughs> that's how it always is. Uh, that YouTube guy, Skytune Network, is playing <laughs> with a band. <laughs> the guy who does ska covers of TV theme songs. <laughs> wolves and wolves and wolves and wolves. Yeah. They're going to plaster downtown with some stickers for their Friday 4.30 set. Right. Yeah. It's Dusker playing. See them buried way down there? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The I, Tenement Country Band. <laughs> I'm, I'll am i go see them. I yeah. enjoyed them a lot. I'm excited for that. There was... I'm trying to... I'm going through the list and I'm trying to see if there's anybody that I'm forgetting that I was really excited about. I'm going to go see War on Women again because after seeing them over for, for Jawbreaker, uh, they have a great great live show so i'm definitely gonna go watch them again if i get i mean as long as there's no major conflicts Mm, yeah i don't know there's there's a lot of really good top heavy stuff but for some reason a lot of the bottom is like hmm okay a lot of bands i've never heard of which is not unusual for fest but all right great is playing that's weird yeah great's played a bunch of times bob nana's like buried at the bottom yeah great's played a few times yeah i guess it's always weird every time well, anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to Fest. Definitely more than I was looking forward to it last year. Yeah, I mean, last year was fun, but it was also a kind of a weak lineup. It was hard. It was hard to get super excited for Fest 17. It was so much of the same thing that yeah, I'll, yeah, a lot of bands we'd seen the year before that were like headliners. Though I do find it interesting that um, Iron Sheik and Reviver aren't playing this year. Yeah, really weird. My guess is they're either on tour somewhere or um, recording, which I guess we're about due for one, a new Iron Sheik record in a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm I'm very excited now, which is, of course, going to wane as the summer goes on because it's hard to maintain that excitement year-round <laughs> because otherwise... The days would be pretty brutal if you're just sitting thinking about fest every day. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'll get really excited again when I whenever I book my uh, flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll get excited when they announce the comedians and the wrestlers. Yeah, that, that's always cool. That's becoming one of my favorite parts of fest. Both of those comedy and wrestling. Yeah, a you know, they're kind of like a sideshow really yeah to fest but i don't know i usually enjoy them both a lot yeah um, well last year i think we watched the entire fest wrestling show almost i think we left at one point yeah i think we might have left but and we, came back but but for the most part we watched every uh, everything well yeah, and there so. wasn't hardly anything there was nothing else i wanted to see <laughs> that's true sunday was real 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 light last year yeah. but I don't know. I'm hoping for some big names in the comedy. I would love to see Kyle Kinane or Shane Torres come back. Um, you never know with them. They're getting bigger and bigger as it is, but I don't know. They'd be really fun. Of course, I wouldn't mind finding a new, you know, learning about a new comedian that I haven't, I've never heard before. 
I would love to see some cool, some cool uh, guest spots for Fest Wrestling because I mean I follow them year round, so I I see who they have, and they usually have a lot of the um, their 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 regulars like they they show up a lot. All great wrestlers, but yeah, it's always nice when they can pull out something unique or like special a guest. Yeah. Well, I guess we cheater chattered too long. <laughs> yeah, we got a little bit of a time limit for this episode. Yeah, yeah. I guess we should uh, dive into the show. Um, all right, for this episode, we got the year 1997. And uh, as usual, we like to take a look at the Rate Your Music charts for that year and look at some of the big trends. And it's funny, this is technically the second week in a row we've done 1997 <laughs> yeah. with Aso Karis last week. <laughs> tricking us into thinking they had a 2001 album um this is a weird front page um number one is slater kenny's dig me out that's 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 pretty cool that's a really good record that's a great band higher than i would actually expect really out of this Um, top 10 though one of the few albums that's really deserving of being in the top three yeah two three four Four and five are weird out of place records to me. There's His Heroes Gone, Ass Suck, Discordance Axis, and Oblivions. Mm-hmm. I don't even really know who the Oblivions are. I mean, there's two His Heroes Gone records in the top ten. Jesus. And that Charles Bronson record is good, but it it's not a top ten record. It's not better than Fuel for the Hate Game. No. Most of those records are not better than Go For The Hate Game. Uh, like I said, if I were to rearrange this, I would probably put uh, I'd put Forever and Counting by Hot Water Music. If we're just going off the front page? On number one, and then I would probably put mm, 10 songs by I Hate Myself and then Dig Out by Slater Kenny, or maybe flip those two. I don't know. Yeah, you'd have to listen to them back to back to figure it out. Man, this is a weird-ass front page. So, and then And then maybe The Power of Failing falling whatever it's called power of failing by mineral um yeah but if you keep going yeah progression through unlearning yeah my snapcase refused songs to fan the fan flames of discontent that's their best record catharsis samsara that's i love that record but um, it's also very high yeah there jersey's best answers by lifetime yeah that should be i'm surprised a that's higher. not a little higher but Living Sacrifices Reborn is on here. <laughs> Number 27. I didn't realize how well received that record was outside of the Christian music bubble. Shit. Shia Lude's Hearts Once Nourished with Hope and Compassion's on here. Smart went crazy. Who is in that band? Is that a... That's Guy. Yeah. Right. Right. Springside Project. No, it's not. It's not Guy? No. no was what was fair... his band? One. No. I'm thinking of Happy Go Licky. Yes. Yeah. Smart Went Crazy is the Farrakut. Yeah. Pre Farrakut band. You got Knapsack in here. On day three of my new life. <laughs> Aquabats. Fury of the Aquabats. <laughs> this is a very strange list. If you go to the next page, here's okay. Forty-two, forty-three, and forty-four are a perfect example of what was going on. Yeah, I was gonna say punk rock. It is page two. Is the really accurate depiction of 1997 <laughs> yeah it's uh the mighty mighty boss tones let's face it with their big hit knock on wood is that the name of the song the song is called um oh what's it called the impression that yeah. i get 
<laughs> and number 43 is The Offsprings, Ixnay on the Ombre, which, what was on that album? Oh, God. Ixnay is Gone Away. That's the big song on that one. All I Want is another big single, but I can't remember how that one goes. And then, and then way down, way down the line, which is on the Crazy Taxi soundtrack. <laughs> uh, number forty-four is Nimrod by Green Day. Yeah, that's what got Hitching a Ride on it, and uh, oh yeah, and Good Riddance, Time of Your Life, the uh, the graduation song for the next twenty-five years. Um, well, and if you keep going, forty-five Satisfaction is the Death of Desire by Haybreed. How nineties yeah. is that? Yeah, I mean, that's the hate read record, right? And then further down, you've got what? You've got Dude Ranch by Blink-182. Gross. You've got... Um, Goldfingers, oh, hang-ups. Um, American Psycho by Misfits. <laughs> Is that the first Graves record? It's like, no, maybe, no. First Graves record is Famous Monsters, and that was in 99. No. Yeah. Also, oh, this isn't even an album. Is the it's a compilation. Yeah. Why is it on this page? I thought compilations were supposed to be separate. No, it's not a compilation. What is it? No, it's um, it's Michael Graves. It's the first reunion record. There it is. Okay, I saw the Static Age. I was looking at the chronological list of releases, and Static Age was listed, and I was thinking that that was the first one. No, Static right. Age. The Static Age was was the shelved. Yeah. Classic Misfits record. Yeah. Uh, oh, there we go. Number 101 is Sublime Secondhand Smoke. That's a big 97 album there. Uh, that helped like bring in Ska to the mainstream. That and the Boss Tones. So, uh, what what are the what are the trends of 97? What are, what can we I think the the three four major Okay. I think I can break it down even more than that. Um, hardcore is shifting towards metalcore. Yeah, um, for sure. Shitty pop punk is getting even, all the rage. Is getting yeah is probably like not at its peak, but like right ninety seven is probably like the breakout year for it, right? Uh, I mean, Dookie is really the breakout. Shitty pop punk. That was what ninety four. Yeah, ninety five, ninety six is when you got all your copycats. Ninety seven is kind of like in the middle of the pop punk boom and the beginnings of the third wave ska boom right as far as you know going into mainstream there's also a really big emo boom going mm-hmm. on here that was one of the other big ones i was gonna say there's like joan of arc and uh mineral, mineral uh, i hate myself promise ring van pelt uh dismemberment plant yeah like there's a lot going on here. rainer maria um You've got your, yeah, I mean, you've got your latter, um, your late 90s, early 2000s Discord sound starting to to become a thing, you know, pre-Farrakhet. Let's see, was that Less Savvy Fav record a Discord record? I don't know. Were they ever actually a Discord band? I just always associate them with... I don't associate them with that sound at all. I associate them with, like, a 2000s like post hardcore oh yeah no they were on french kiss and uh that record was on self-starter yeah i always equate them to like yeah foxy shazam i don't know why (laughs) but they're always tied to them in my head um 
Yeah, you have some things that are kind of that that are on their way out. Like um, what the fat wreck sound is. I mean, we've got a Pennywise and a Lagwagon record in the top forty. And no effects. And no effects, right? But that's those are probably like the last big ones for all of those bands. Mm, I don't know. There was that um, Bush era yeah. revival of Fat Wreck bands. So, eh. and then Fat Wreck also had some ska bands too. Right. So. Yeah. We we are. It doesn't seem right. as prominent though at this point. Well, it's because what happens next is new metal. <laughs> right. Within the next year or two. And that kind of like shifts any mainstream uh, attention on punk rock into a very shameful period of American music. Oh, number 170 is Smash Mouth's Fush You Mang. <laughs> so I stand corrected. <laughs> I wonder what you. You know, now I'm really curious. If if Walking on the Sun is 97, what other cheesy rock stuff that's, like, not really punk is going on at this exact same time? Because if my memory of 1997 was pop music was weird. Well, the Rate Your Music charts, the full Rate Your Music charts for 1997 are not... They don't reflect the mainstream. I mean, it's it's all of the indie stuff. Oh, here we go. Third Eye Blind. Uh, <laughs> Fat of the Land by Prodigy was that year. Wow. I mean, there's Wu-Tang Forever. That album came out in 97. Let's see. <laughs> Color and the Shape by Foo Fighters. <laughs> Which seems like that was earlier, but... No. I guess that's right. Yeah, that's a big That's the big one, right? The big Foo Fighters record. Yeah. There's a... Uh, uh, well, there's a lot of Andy in here. Ben Folds 5. There's what a, was that? Is Brick on that album? Which Benfolds record is it? It's probably um, whatever and ever. Amen. Yeah, it's got break yeah. blur by blur. <laughs> so what is that is that uh, what you call it? Song two. Woo-hoo. Well, we've played around long enough on these charts, but <laughs> I guess we should uh, get into our album. Um, um, if you just Google albums that came out in 1997, you've got OK Computer, uh, Be Here Now by Oasis, Homogenic by Bjork. Let's see. Art of War by Bone Thugs. There's a Days of the New by Days of the yeah, New. Yeah, there's a Super Duper Fly by Missy Elliott. Everglows. Everclear, so much for the afterglow. Come On Over by Shania Twain. Um, <laughs> Marcy's Playground. <laughs> uh, Our Lady Peace. 311 Transistor. Oh, boy. Backstreet's Back. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. That's right. When that era started. <laughs> well anyway yeah cool let's talk about our album uh instead of looking at 1997 albums uh um, so context for this episode, is important yeah i guess but maybe not for these two albums um i guess it indicates how far from the mainstream these two records are definitely so number we got number 122 on the albums chart and it is tuesday and their sole full-length album freewheeling Fuck 
Uh, from Chicago, Illinois, formed in 1996 after the band members' previous group, Slapstick, broke up. And yes, Tuesday is part of the humongous Slapstick family tree. <laughs> uh, this record was released on Asian Man Records, one of the greatest rec- punk record labels in history. And features Dan Andriano on bass and vocals, Matthew Stamps on guitar, and Robert Kellenberger on drums. Produced by Robert Barry, who worked on a bunch of late 90s Asian Man records like The Chinkies and Slow Gherkin and MU30. MU3 Robert 30. played in... Yeah, MU330. <laughs> Robert played in Colossal and Duval and The Smoking Popes. And, oh yeah, Dan was in a little band called Alkaline Trio. Right. <laughs> uh, way to bury the lead, I guess. Um, Man, that slapstick family tree. <laughs> it's just... That thing is... The Lawrence Arms, the Broadways. I mean, good grief. Right. Like, they they spawned Lawrence Arms and Alkaline Trio, two of the biggest orgcore bands <laughs> that you uh, that have ever existed. Oh, even less than Jake's branches off of Slapstick? I did not realize that. Ooh. <laughs> maybe, that's where, maybe that's where the horn players went. Um, all right, so... What what do you think of freewheeling? I like it. I like it. Um, I've listened to this record before. Um, yeah. I always kind of forget what it sounds like, though. Hmm. You don't just think of softer alkaline trio. Well, I always want to think that it sounds more like God Damn It than it does, and it does not. <laughs> um, God Damn It is like twice the speed of this record. Yeah. Um, it sounds more like later Alkaline Trio. Maybe, maybe Good Morning. Yeah, I was gonna say but it sounds not. like Good Morning, or it sounds like maybe I'll Catch Fire. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like more melodic. Not Good Morning. It doesn't uh, sound like Good Morning. It doesn't sound like Premier to Infirmary either. No, I don't know. It um yeah, you always wanted to compare it to Alkaline Trio because Dan's in it, and there are elements there, like for sure, like the Dan songs. On a lot of Alkaline Trio albums, do have some of the feel of this record, but this is a much more emo record than most Alkaline Trio records. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this album sounds the most like, obviously, the Dan songs from the first two Alkaline Trio records. Um, yeah. From here to Infirmary, his songs, there's a pretty distinct shift in his songwriting, I feel like, at that point. Um, yeah. He got a lot better at writing hooks <laughs> that's true that's probably one of the big lacking things on this album there aren't nearly as many hooks as you want there to be but that being said the opening track goodbyes have been said is like one of the best songs on this entire album and it's super catchy and then even uh, please come home i believe is that the one about summertime yeah 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 so like those those have got some pretty big choruses there Got a few things that I didn't think about until after you were gone. Please come home. Please come home. We said goodbye, and now a feeling that I've never felt keeps me alone. This morning I was thinking about our summer. Summertime, 99% of our time When I thought we could do it again 
But there are, like, a lot of, I don't know, another disco party's got a good chorus, and Disappear's got another huge chorus. So it's, it, maybe they're just, they don't stick in your head quite as well as the Alkaline Trio songs do. Yeah, I mean, they're very, they're very, they're very big and fun sounding. Yeah. Um, they're just not, like, very memorable. They're hard to sing along with. Yeah. Like, Dan's a little bit of a mush mouth on this album. Yeah, his <laughs> it, it's his voice. You can clearly tell it's him. I mean, he has such a yeah. distinct voice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, his delivery is it's a little loose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and even the guitar playing by um, Matt, Matthew, uh, it, it definitely falls more in line with traditional emo. So, like, it's not quite as, I don't know, it's got a little bit of Jazz June, it's got a little bit of, um, a little bit of mineral to it, but then there are some bigger, like, uh, Get Up Kids and Promise Ring type riffs in there, too. So, it's, it's, it's a nice combination of, like, noodly and crunchy, like, it doesn't lean too heavily in one direction. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's not, um, it's not too different from Rainer Maria. Yeah, that's probably. in terms of like that balance of of the two ends of the emo spectrum uh, mm-hmm. in '97. Yeah, I would put this kind of right next to that Rainer Maria record in terms of emo records from 1997 that I want to listen to <laughs> in 2019. <laughs> you don't want to listen to Four Minute Mile <laughs> or or Power Falling, Failing, Failing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a huge, let's see, I'm not a huge 90s emo head, like, I'm not, I'm not super into Braid, or a lot of the bands from this era, I, I don't know, I don't know how it's, I like the heavier stuff from earlier in the 90s, and then I like the poppier stuff from the 2000s. Like, I'm not as super into Sunny Day Real Estate style emo as I am Tuesday style emo, I guess. <laughs> it's definitely a little popular, yeah. a little more melodic, but there is a little bit of sameness to this album, especially on the verses, like the uh, the guitar playing, a lot of the verses are very just kind of repetitive. Another day. 
Yeah, I'm, I guess amongst Alkaline Trio fans, there's, there is that never-ending debate over whether who's the better vocalist, whether it's Dan or Matt Skiba, and people have that debate all the time, but don't most people wind up landing on the side of Dan? Uh, um, you know, I don't know if I'm... Are you thinking in terms of, like, the better songwriter or the better vocalist? Or um, both? I guess both. I think in terms of... If you're looking at the full Alkaline Trio discography, including solo projects, Dan is the better total package in terms yeah. of singing ability, uh, lyric writing, melodic writing. Um, you know, I, I think he's written the best Alkaline Trio songs. Yeah. But if you but look I... at early on, Matt's great. Like, yeah. It, and if anything, he makes, I feel like he makes the first, Matt's kind of the reason that they got anywhere. Yeah, well, he did. He does sing more of the songs. Yeah. So it is harder to compare because Dan has the luxury of being like only presenting the songs that he feels that are strong enough. Whereas Matt, it's probably what, a 70-30 split as far as yeah songwriting duties so yeah i mean and there's something to be said for matt's ability to just crank out catchy stuff i mean (laughs) yeah he does have a tendency to lean on cheesier lyrics yeah like definitely corny puns and but that's horror movie puns you know i mean i don't know i mean that's that's part of yeah i was gonna say that's part of the appeal of alkaline trio is that they're both really corny and really earnest. <laughs> um, yeah. I just always find myself enjoying the dance songs the most out of Alkaline Trio's discography, and especially in later albums. Like, dance songs are like the stars of those those records. Because even albums like Agony and Irony and This is this Addiction, the dance songs are still pretty good. Yeah. I do think that those first four Alkaline Trio records are perfect, though. God damn it, from here to infirmary, maybe I'll catch fire and uh, good morning. They're just they're classics. There's a reason why they're they're a beloved band. Uh, and then Crimson has a lot of good songs on it, but it's also that record that everybody's kind of split on. And then yeah, mm, the albums after that don't have that many defenders until you get to this addiction or not this addiction. Uh, My shame is true and uh, the most recent record. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just always like Dan's songs a little more. I like his voice a little better and. You're right, though. His side projects tend to be better, but he also is in less of them. Like, Dan's just got Tuesday and his solo stuff and The Falcon, really. Yeah. And Matt's got, what, The Secrets and Heavens and Hills, and he had that one, that that split with Kevin Seconds, which is a classic. Well, his side is a classic. (laughs) Right. We have a running joke with our friends about uh, Kevin Second's side of the um, <laughs> of the of the split, Tracy, and how I, how quickly <laughs> you man. run, how quickly you run to stop playing it as soon as Tracy <laughs> comes on. <out. laughs> I don't know. I like those Kevin Second songs. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Weirdly, I like those songs more than I like Seven Seconds. But yeah, what are the um. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I don't really have much more else I can really say about this record other than 
it's an enjoyable record and I like it a lot, but it's probably not as good as Dan's two later solo records. Um, oh, it's nowhere near as good as his as his two solo records, Hurricane Season and uh, Party Adjacent. Um, but I do think it's I don't know it's a, it's a great starting point for Alkaline Trio. I feel like its it sound fits in with the greater Alkaline Trio tri-state area. Um, if you wanted to look at the roots of Alkaline Trio, but maybe not so much want to go all the way back to Slapstick and follow those family trees. Yeah, I mean, Slapstick is such a different thing from Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, very much. Yeah, it, it's like a, I w- this Tuesday record is kind of just a, I don't know, I would say it's like a scrappier, an even scrappier uh, God damn it. <laughs> um, That's a little softer because I, God damn it has an edge to it that this record doesn't have to yeah. be. Yeah. But this feels, and, yeah, this record feels really off the cuff. It feels a lot like, it feels a lot like they just kind of tracked it all at once, which, well, I wouldn't they be surprised definitely if only, they did. <laughs> just from the They definitely of. only existed for like two years from like 97 to, to 98. Yeah. I want to say they formed in 97. They released, they had like a demo that I also really love. I really love that, uh, that demo because it has a a cover of put a little love in your heart. (laughs) And then, and then they do freewheeling. They add a second guitarist. Is this the order it goes in? They add a second guitarist and record that EP. No, they record that EP before the freewheeling. And they add a second guitarist after Free Will and comes out and then break up mm. before recording anything else. Um, I can't remember who the other guitarist was in Tuesday, but he's not on any of the albums. Mm. Oh, they added Tyler Wiseman as a second guitarist in like late 97, so I believe it's after this album. And then he later went on to play in The Honor System and Whale Horse, which I like those records as well. Mm. It's more Lawrence Arms' extended family. Yeah, it's just interesting that he's not on any of the Tuesday recordings. But then they broke up, and then Alkaline Trio, like, starts immediately. Immediately after Tuesday's done. Well, what would you rate this album overall? Overall, i give it a 4.0. That's where I was going to land, I think. It's it's really enjoyable to listen to. It doesn't really stick with you after that, though. Other than, like, a general good feeling. (laughs) Yeah, just like a yeah, it's a good vibe that it gives off. It's warm tones and it's catchy rhythms and um, good choruses. So like it, it, it just it is a it's a summer album. I'd say it's yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't quite hang around in your memory. Like the only one that really hangs around is the the opening track for me. Um, yeah, four point seems seems fair. I don't know. We may be giving it a little bit of an edge due to our partiality to uh alkaline trio and dan but anyway that's our opinion you don't have to like it (laughs) all right let's uh let's talk about our ep uh we got number 48 on the rate your music charts and it is cleveland bound death sentence and their self-titled seven inch cleveland bound death sentence Future which I so hard to unfurl I think 
Damn. Released on THD Records, who released stuff by Government Issue, Swizz, Pinhead Gunpowder, and The Bloodhound Gang. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Yeah, they had like two EPs. Uh, It was like pre-Hooray for Boobies, Bloodhound Gang, which I hate that that's the name of their album, but they're a really dumb band. Yeah. This is the first of three Cleveland Bound Death Sentence EPs, and the personnel is St. Patrick, a.k.a. Patty Costello, on bass and vocals, Aaron Commentbus on drums, Spitball on guitar, and Emily Clausen on guitar and vocals. Speaking of side projects, um, Patty is famously from Dillinger 4, and also The Arrivals, the slow death, and he's played with off of their heads at some points too. Um, Aaron Cometbus is known for Pinhead Gunpowder and Crypt Shrine, and also his zine Cometbus, which is pretty famous. Uh, and Emily Clausen uh, played in a band called The Saltines, who I was curious about, and I listened to their one of their EPs, and I fell in love with it. Um, and also realized that Dear Landlord covered one of their songs oh. on their full length album. Hmm. Yeah, um, Whiskey and Records, the song. Yeah, I was like, "Holy shit, I know this song," and I had to like figure out which track, what what band covered it. I thought I was off with their heads for a minute because off with their heads love to cover a lot of Midwest bands, but it was Dear Landlord, which in itself is related to off with their heads. So, yeah, so I love Cleveland Bound Death Sentence. I have had a burnt copy of the the compilation for a really long time. I used to listen to it constantly very easy because it's like only 18 minutes long yeah. or something like that it's like 13 songs in 18 minutes um so i always treated it as an album even though it was three separate eps um so i knew these songs very very well and as a dillinger 4 fan patty's songs were always some of my favorites depending on the album but for the most part i think i like dan's song or patty's songs the most out of d4's discography I don't know. It, it, they've they've all got incredible songs each. So I mean, I was less familiar with this. Um, I have I yeah. have heard Cleveland Mound Death Sentence, um, and I, I know I've listened to this whole the whole compilation before, but it it doesn't have as much uh, personal weight for me. Okay, I do feel so like we got the weaker of the EPs. You think? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Rumble Seats and Running Boards and Love American Style, the first two songs yeah. on here, are kind of like the quintessential Cleveland Mountain Dead Senate songs. And then there's Drain on here, which was later covered by Off With Our Heads. And then the song, and then The Difference Between Us, which is the one that Emily gets to sing the second verse. I don't know. I, I, I think these are my favorite Cleveland Mountain Dead Senate songs. Uh, Love American Style is probably my favorite song they ever wrote with its na 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 chorus. <laughs>
So, well, what did you think of it overall? Then? I mean, I enjoy it. I mean, it it it's like a it's like really early Dillinger Four, but rougher sounding. Yeah. Um. So I I, I really enjoy it. I mean, I like it a lot. Um. Yeah, I was really curious what Dillinger Four was doing in 1997, and they had put out an EP called "More Songs About Girlfriends and Bubblegum," and um, I listened to it, and it is like the traditional early D4 sound, like this is pre Midwestern songs, and uh, so like they have that little bit of a hardcore edge that that D4 had, but they're they're also a little it's a little slicker. Uh, this. Cleveland Mount Destin is to me is like it's raw. Like it's just like this it's a pop punk record, but it's raw and dirty and dingy, and you could tell they recorded it in the basement somewhere, their practice space, and it's but at the same <laughs> and they're all like shouting at the top of their lungs just because they can't actually hear very well over the PA to see how good they're you know, how if they're staying on key and I don't know. I I love it. It's it's some of my favorite type of Midwest pop punk. Like it's gruff and melodic, but not in like a, a no idea Gainesville sort of way. Like it's it's kind of what what off of their heads and Dear Landlord were inspired by the most. A lot of those Jesse Thorson records are definitely in, influenced by this type of pop punk. I mean that's what they are. Um, I don't know. Is this is my f- one of my favorite sounds in uh, midwestern pop punk, especially its influence on early two thousands and even in like early, I guess late two thousands with like the no idea pop punk boom. It, it's funny to like to listen to this and how raw it is and how aggressive it is. Like the the texture of it is so caustic <laughs> um <laughs> it's so funny that it you still can't really classify it as anything other than pop punk yeah uh, and there's there's something so like thoroughly poppy about it yeah just the just the melodicism of it i guess yeah well then there's even songs on there though like um probably my least favorite song on it's what good thing it's the really really f- it's the one that patty's like super fuzzy it sounds like he's singing through a radio yeah um which that's kind of a thing that dillinger four liked like to do <laughs> yeah yeah they did do that quite a bit <laughs> there's like weird noise tracks and like tons of feedback uh <laughs> the just like the singing songs. through of like a feedbacking pa and like yeah <laughs> telephone recordings and yeah yeah to me this is just a seven inch that's like um yeah, the the sleeve is just a folded up piece of paper, like a Xerox piece of paper, <laughs> and <laughs> it's mailed in an envelope with like no padding, and you get it in the mail, and it's like half the corner is like dinged up, and like the, it's sticking out of the you, package. You but... bought it new, and it's already destroyed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it uh, kind of is what like it's it's like the. Uh, the stereotypically shitty quality that people associate with punk but good yeah like good songs like it's it's what someone who doesn't know what punk really is or sounds like thinks punk sounds like but then it's (laughs) like actually really really good and not (laughs) 
that you know it kind of bad it kind of punk fits. band that you that they make up for a movie or something you know <laughs> yeah yeah and, you know it kind of fits in you know having Aaron Combus in here actually kind of gives you an idea what type of band it is because if you think about like the Bay Area pop punk bands and like from like pre Green Day I guess like a lot of the um well, I guess post Green Day too like Pinhead Gunpowder was a was in this vein like it's poppy but it's scuzzy mm-hmm. like it's like a lot of Sarah Kirsch bands from the you know the Bay Area were like that um when when they weren't like full on hardcore yeah. um well what would you give this uh this EP uh, I'd say I'm probably about a 4.0 as well well I'm a five star man yeah. it is <laughs> just a little just a little too raw for me yeah um i mean it it's raw for sure um i don't know but i have a lot of memories tied to this these songs um i got into them around the same time i got into like i got into dillinger four and my friend was like hey you should listen to cleveland by death sentence because it's patty's other band and i think it's really the only other band that he sings in because i always wanted to like a lot of his other side projects like like um the arrivals and he just plays bass in them like he doesn't sing and uh like the slow death, I remember getting super excited when they announced that that it was going to be Jesse Thorson and Patty and Mike Yerg and Patty and Mike Yerg don't <laughs> sing. <laughs> Their contributions are minimal. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're gone after the first demo. <laughs> yeah, you you go see Slow Death at, at Fest and you're like, what? Where's Where's Patty? Where's Mikey? Yeah, like we watched. Uh, the arrivals were on tour with. Um, off of their heads and we were like all right patty's gonna say all sorts of crazy shit (laughs) and during the arrivals he didn't say anything god damn it i do our one connection to cleveland about this was at that show um this was around the time that off with their heads put out that picture disc that has two cleveland about death sentence covers on it and drain is one of them and so like at the one point the band was like hey what do you guys want us to play next and uh, us and our group of friends were like we're yelling at them to play drain the cleveland about Sentence song and then ryan's like yeah yeah let's do drain and he's like where's patty you know hey so let's go get patty like everybody in the room is just yelling for patty and like our friend like runs outside to to find patty and try and get him to come inside but he wasn't out there. He's like, yeah, I bet Patty's outside talking about Japanese hardcore or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And so we knew nobody could find Patty. And uh, <laughs> so they just played the song themselves. But I was like, man, I almost saw. How close it was. <laughs> Patty sing Cleveland Mount Death Tennis song. So like, ah, oh, damn. But yeah, he, he didn't. When he's not in playing D4 songs, he's not like the star. Though. <laughs> Do you remember when Tenement played Fest? And Patty, yeah, a very Patty drunk Patty. just stood on <laughs> stood on stage the whole yeah. time. <laughs> he introed them, called them the greatest rock and roll band <laughs> in history, and didn't leave the stage and just kind of like stood behind them watching them the whole time. <laughs> they played five songs and left. Yeah. With their 45-minute set time. Um, that was a great set. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Because it was after they had already they had released Predatory li- Headlights, no, right? 
No, it was. Oh, I thought they had already put that album out. It was out. before the that. But it was after Napalm yeah, Dream. It was. It was like the perfect time to see them. Yeah. Well, because it was just like a twenty-minute set of Napalm Dream songs. It was just perfect. Mm. <laughs> no, it was. I'd say it was fifteen minutes. Yeah, it wasn't even twenty. They played them, didn't talk, and left. <laughs> but then we even saw them right after they released. Was it predatory lights or headlights? Mm, it's headlights. Predatory headlights. Yeah, they released the gigantic double album. Yes, headlights. The gigantic double album, and then we saw them, and they played fifteen minutes again, yeah, and two songs from Napalm Dream. <laughs> That's fine. Dusk makes up for it by playing a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this yeah. has been uh, Tangent Radio. <laughs> yeah, Tangent Corner. Um, that's the thing is both of the bands that we talked about today are so interconnected with other bands. Yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah. Well. Oh, we, uh, I, did, I forgot to mention this in my no- in my notes. I found a review on our Mortal Enemies Interpunks website. <laughs> Uh, but did you know you can write reviews on Interpunk for like product reviews? <laughs> Should just but write I found bunch one of, a bunch of product reviews. So I found one for this, and uh, it, the comment was, "Eh, it's okay." I thought it came out after D4, but it turns out the guy was in this band before D4. The recording kind of sucks. The drums get drowned out a lot. But get a Dillinger Four CD. I have Versus God and get Midwestern songs. It's a much better. Also, buy every AFI CD available. <laughs> then you'll just then you'll be just like me. <laughs> no, this band did not exist before Cleveland Bound Denson. It existed before Midwestern songs, but D4 had quite a few seven inches yeah. before Cleveland Bound Denson had even started. So. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Get buy every AFI CD. <laughs> you won't like them, but yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well. Next week we are we got the year nineteen seventy eight. We're returning to the seventies, um, and we got number five on the album charts, and it is X Ray Specs, Germ Free Adolescence. And for our EP, we got number seventeen, and it is The Deadbeats, and their EP Kill the Hippies. Whatever that is, <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, it's it's seventy seven punk punk or punk. So, all right. Well, continue to follow us on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook at Punk Lotto Pod. I rarely use the Facebook, so you really don't have to follow us there. <laughs> it doesn't get any interactivity, it's, and nobody—it's the most pointless social media platform. Instagram now. and Twitter are, are where we're most active. Um, and we have an email address as punklottopod at gmail.com and our website is punklottopod.simplecast.fm. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And uh, if you give us some reviews, you know, uh, it helps people find the show. So I guess that'll do it for this week. I'm not going to record anymore. Mm-hmm. Is this the new green one?